Welcome to the Wedding Sassholes, your no BS wedding business podcast. We're here to real talk you through common F-ups we see companies making and the practical strategies you can implement today. This month's topic is wedding shows and showcases. And in this episode, you'll learn how to maximize venue showcases and open houses and stand out on the preferred vendor list. We are your hosts. I'm Shannon Tarrant. I'm Vanessa Negrom. And welcome to The Shit Show. Episode 7 of The Wedding Sassholes. <laughs> Every freaking time it makes me Every time. I can't help it. I know. So do you perform, do you prefer more intimate venue showcases or a big, giant, huge wedding expos? Or have you been added to a venue's preferred list uh, for a vendor's list and ready to dip your toe into the world of open houses? And this episode is for you. This one is definitely a heavily conversed topic in between Vanessa and I. <laughs> because I, I love them. I, know. I love them. I am the big wedding expo girl. Obviously, with my company wedding venue map, we're not we don't participate in a whole lot of small venue expos anymore. I used to host them when I did work at a venue, but now I don't get the opportunity to participate as much. But I see the value in them. Vanessa, how often are you doing venue showcases? I do venue showcases a few times a year um, because I work with the local venues as I'm on the preferred list or I'm part of a package that they actually have. So I do all of the open houses for my preferred, my preferred venues. Um, and I do them a couple times a year. I mean, there are some venues that we do it every, every season. So that's four times a year. Yeah. Um, and then we have other venues that do it quarterly. Um, or not quarterly, I'm sorry, they do it three times a year. And then we have a couple of different ones that just do it twice a year. But all the open houses, as soon as they ask me, I'm like, heck yes. Because for me, being on the preferred list, getting directly in front of the clients that are either super interested in that venue, or they're already booked with that venue. And it's just a plus bonus for me, because I'm already on the list. So I already know that I'm going to be presented to them on a piece of paper when they sign up. And then I get to meet them face to face in person at the open house. So what happens when vendors come to you and they say to you, Oh, Vanessa, how do you get, how do you and sweet miss fees get to be a part of all of these different um, venue showcases? I want to do more of them. How do, what are some tips you can suggest? Like, how do you get included in those? To be on the preferred list, you need to build a good rapport with the venue itself, with the staff, with whoever's doing the tours, with whoever is in charge of that, um, doing the preferred list. Because sometimes, I know this is going to sound crazy to people who haven't been on a lot of preferred lists, but sometimes the staff that you work with on the day of that you see all the time and you know their names, those aren't the people making the decisions behind the scenes on who actually gets added to the preferred list. So you need to find out who that is. And then make sure that you are impressing them with your work and not just your work, but also with how you treat the clients, how you treat the staff, how you clean up after the event. Um, please don't leave trash everywhere. Like make sure you leave it better, leave it better than how you found it kind of yeah. thing. Um, and that's how you get added to the list. I mean, to be honest, yeah. it's not just, it's not just showing up and saying, I, I'd be really interested in being on your list. You have to actually show them 
be preferred on menu. Yeah. And most of the venues, when they're hosting these venue open houses and they're like hosting their own event, most of the time, the very first place they start is their preferred list. And mm-hmm. so if you don't have that already established relationship, it's really hard to just kind of reach out and be like, hey, can I be a part of this event? But what I usually will tell vendors is if you see an event pop up, right, whether it's on social media, Eventbrite, you see other people marketing that you're participating, I always suggest to go and look to see who's already a part of it. What vendors are already participating? What uh, what categories are already full? Because if you kind of look and let's say you're a photographer and you are looking through the list and there's no photographer on that list, or maybe there's photographers in there with booths, but they don't have anyone shooting the event. That's another like kind of secret way to get involved and included in it. But you want to look and see if there's opportunity there based upon what's already booked um, or asking if they're at the next event, like what does that process look like? Because if you're not on the preferred list, then sometimes it's a little bit harder to get your foot in the door but when you're a unique category or something like totally off the wall like we've got pet sitting and babysitting and maybe like calligrapher stationery they don't have like a go-to company those are the painters yes I always suggest companies like that that are like more of a unique vendor category when you see the event reach out because maybe you didn't get invited but offer to participate if they're looking you know to have more people there I think especially if you're one of those unique categories that aren't the norm, and I hate to say not the norm, but they aren't, like the pet sitting or the live painting. That's not always a box that couples check off because they don't know it's available, but it's usually not on the preferred list. Like the preferred right. list is usually DJs, florists, catering, cake, photography, video, like the main basics, like the basic basics. It's not those nicer right. luxuries. So definitely reach out for those because that could be something that the venue didn't even think about and didn't even know that you were around. And now they have a new opportunity to add you to the list, but they also have an opportunity to show clients another type of service that they could do in the venue itself. Yeah. Okay. So let's say you get invited and you are actually now participating in a venue show and showcase. What are some of the things and information that you really want to make sure you know about the venue when you're coming? Yes, you're there to showcase your goods, obviously, and what you do and the services you provide. But what is that extra information that gives you the level up? Because this is the kind of stuff like I'm asking you questions because you've got secret sauce here. This is the kind of stuff that that gets you conti- not only invited to come, but keeps you on the list and gets you invited to come back. So what's some of that secret yeah. sauce, the knowledge you gain about every venue that you go participate in these open houses? So me personally, um, I like to do, obviously do a tour of the venue because for me, what I do, we do cakes and desserts. So sometimes the only part of the venue that I specifically see is just where the cake and desserts go. But as you're talking to a client that you, when you're at the open house, it really helps put you as an expert, um, sets you as an expert if you know the full venue layout. So if you know the bridal suites, the groom suites, so it can, it can give you that conversation, but it also shows, oh, they have been here. They're very familiar with the, with the layout, with what they offer. Make sure you do a tour. Ask the questions about the rules and regulations. Please don't ever sell a client on something that they cannot use at that venue. Perfect example, open flame anything. Not all venues allow open flame. So if you know that that's a rule, 
at that specific venue, if the client sees some of your work that's on your table or on your display or in a picture or whatever, and they're like, oh, I want, I want to hire you for that. I want to add that to my package. That's, I appreciate that you enjoy that my work. Like, thank you for the compliment. Unfortunately, your venue doesn't allow open flame, but what we can do is we can do the luminaries or we can do like, give them an alternative. It, it shows that you know what you're talking about shows that you are a problem solver. And it also shows that, you know, the venue and the rules and regulations, the venue respects that, but the clients also respect that. Yeah. And I think that, I think you touched on it just a little bit before, but I think it's so important to know the staff at every venue because not only knowing them by name, but who does what. So I think that's Mm -hmm. really, you need to know who's the person doing the tours and maybe booking and signing contracts versus potentially the person that they're working with, because you look so knowledgeable when you can say, oh, when you came, did you tour with, you know, Alicia or Jessica? Like, who did Mm -hmm. you tour with? And they're like, oh my God. I toured with Alicia and you're like oh my god I know Alicia isn't she the most fun she cracks me up every time I see her and they're like yes we loved her too I think having those kinds of relationships and knowledge of the staff is really important because it makes you look like you're a frequent flyer there so if they're coming to a venue open house and maybe there's two or three in every category you look like the inside guy Well, and it puts the client at ease when they hear familiar names and know that you know these people. As soon as they hear, oh, so you guys have worked together. As soon as they hear the familiarity of you, oh, I love, I love, she's always so well put together. I love how, how personable she, like that automatic connection, but it builds that relationship. And yes, it does set you apart because it shows that you have that frequent flyer miles as you've put it. (laughs) Yeah. But it's, it's very, it's very important as a client relationship to make sure that you know the staff, but it's also like we said earlier, the decision makers. I when I go to certain venues, the um the catering staff that is there is not the person that's making the decisions for the day. Right. To be the person that only does the tours. So if I'm never there to offer a tour and say, hey, I would love to come in, do a tour of the venue so I can feel better as myself, I'm never gonna know who that person is and I'm never gonna see them because they're not there on the weekend. Right. Absolutely. Okay. So I'm going to put my venue hat on now and I'm going to get on my little soapbox. So when a venue decides to host a venue open house, usually it's one of two different ways. They're either doing it as a benefit to their booked clients, meaning it's a closed event, private only, and it is booked clients only to be able to come and meet the and make connections to the vendors on my list. Maybe me as the venue is trying to upsell some things while they're there that day. So that's like kind of venue open house type one. The second one would be one used more for lead generation, where Mm -hmm. they're in having that opportunity to invite their leads to come to because that type of event will double dip. It'll be something to invite their books clients to, but also invite their leads to. And we find more often than not, it's option two that the venues are hosting when they're putting in the energy to host an event like this. So as the venue that has hosted the event in the past, I think it's so important to remember that when you become part of the marketing effort to get people to come and attend the event. So whether that is people who maybe haven't already booked a venue, but or maybe just you're inviting your leads to come and connect with some other vendors, and maybe they've never seen the space before. But I think taking the time to really pump 
post, talk about leading up to the showcase, posting pictures of events you've done at that venue before, really getting involved in the overall marketing of the event. Yes, maybe getting people there, but if they've been pushing the event to their lead saying, hey, this company is going to be there and company B and company C and company D, they may already start following you on social media channels. So it's really helpful when the vendor partners become a part of the marketing process and really help by getting involved with posting on their social, especially since in general, if they're preferred vendors, they have already worked there. So they should have content to be able to share. Be a resource. Yeah. Be a resource for the venue, but so you're being a resource for the venue, but you are also showcasing previous work that you've done at that venue. So you're, it's two birds, one stone kind of thing. You're showing the clients that are coming to the open house that you've already done events there. And you're showing them different ways that you can do setups, different services that you offer for that venue. And people, unfortunately, they're not all creatives. Like, like most of us, they are not they can't imagine it until they physically see it. So if yeah. you're showing them perfect examples of previous weddings, that's that's making those cogs start to turn for them and they're getting more ideas and they're seeing the layouts and they're seeing what's possible. And that's how they end up doing like inspiration boards and things like that. But that's more likely to book you because you're showing them exactly the space that they're getting married in instead of showing them other examples from other venues. Yeah, I think that that's so important that people forget. A lot of times they just get asked by the venue to participate and they say, okay, I'll be there and I'll set up my table and I'll do those things. But that continued venue relationship is about going above and beyond and is Mm -hmm. about putting in that little bit of extra effort when you want to either be on the preferred vendor list or continue to stay there. Because we talk a lot about getting on the list, but sometimes we don't hit as much on like staying there. And I think that that would be really helpful. I mean, the venues appreciate you being the resource. So if you think that just getting on the list, you're, you're fit and fancy free, there's always going to be somebody that's new and up and coming that can push you off. I mean, you have to stay in front of them. You have to make sure that you uphold the good service, uphold being a resource. If the venue is putting you on the preferred list, the least you can do is help them sell the event. I mean, why not? It's going to help you and the venue. So. Yes. So let's talk about some specific booth things. When you are setting up a booth in at a venue open house or a venue showcase, what are some of the things that you like to do um, that's specific to this type of event? And then I'll share some things that I've seen in the past. The things that I like to do is I have an iPad that I do a slideshow on of different photos and the photos all relate back to that specific venue. I also, because we, again, we do cake and desserts, I ask the venue themselves if they have any specific furniture pieces that they want us to do a display on to not only show a real life um, dessert bar. Like, for example, we have two different venues that they do rentals in-house. So they have pieces of furniture that they rent out for sweetheart tables, for the cocktail table, like all of those things. So I specifically asked them, is there anything that you want us to showcase? Do you have any new furniture that you want us to show off? Things like that so that I can use it in the display. But when I set up my area, I don't necessarily set it up as a big showcase booth. I set it up as a real life wedding. So we do a full spread. It's more attractive 
I think it shows off the space better, especially if they have furniture on site, then it shows off the furniture. That helps the venue because it helps them sell that piece of furniture, but also it's showing them what a real life display could look like for their big day. So that's my personal things that I do. I make sure that the slideshow on the table has pictures from the venue. And then I make sure I set up like a real life wedding. I really think that that's helpful to remember that this isn't a wedding expo. And so your standard wedding expo booth, if you do a lot of shows and you have a booth that over and over and over again, you use the same booth every time, it's kind of looking at what pieces and parts fit for an event like this that are maybe not, maybe not all of it is going to, maybe not the humongous backdrop with all your, Mm -hmm. maybe it's just the little pop-up banner or different ways to do it that showcase more of what your services look like at the venue. I absolutely love that. I a little bit more intimate, a little bit more intimate compared to like more corporate. I always think of the big showcases as more of like a corporate because you get the six foot table. Yeah. You add your pizzazz to it. But I think of the open houses as more intimate. And so I try to really hone in on that intimacy. You get the better one-on-one conversations. That's my personal opinion. You get the better one-on-one conversations. So the setup should also be more intimate. Sorry, go yeah, ahead. I no, I I like the concept of having a previous client from that venue help you and participate in that booth. I've seen that work really successfully of someone who, let's say you're a florist and you invite one of your previous brides to come back and participate and kind of be there in terms of like, we're going to say helping in your booth, but re- they're really just helping to have conversations with couples being able to say, I got married here and I used florist A and they did such an exceptional job and you know they work here all the time but this is what this is how I decorated it how we built this vision together because I think having we all know that testimonials and reviews and that word of mouth is so priceless so finding a way to I mean bribe them that's when people will do things if they love you they'll do it but to give of your time sometimes it takes a little bit of motivation um, to do it but if you invite somebody that has actually gotten married at that venue I think makes a huge difference in terms of the selling capability you have when you're there. Well, it's a real life review from a real person standing in front of them instead of reading it online. Yes, a hundred percent. So when you go to events like this and you are there, how, how much interaction and time and energy and effort do you also put into meeting and connecting with the other vendors that are there? Because you obviously have a relationship with the venue, but maybe especially as a cake company, you're a drop and go girl, right? Like you don't always get that time. I am spoiled. That's my nice way of saying it. I am spoiled because because of what we do with being a cake and dessert company, it's very easy for me to meet people because people see food and they see dessert and they automatically come over to see what we're setting up. So mm-hmm. I I do admit it. I'm very spoiled in that manner. But after we do the setup, I usually walk around just to say, hi, hello, how are you? Meet people. And after the event, I always walk around with any extras and give it out to the different people at their stations. I give them the samples and just say like, this is a great show. It was nice to meet you. I hope you guys got some good leads. Would you like X, Y, Z? And I have a tray. I walk around with a little gold serving tray that has different samples on it. So I meet everybody as they're winding down. 
usually at that point, they're like, oh, sweet. I've been, I've been eyeballing that all night. I would love right. to try some. What do you have? Can I take more yeah. than one? And it starts that conversation, but it's also because you're giving them a little sweet treat at the end that it kind of get a little pep in their step. Um, so I am spoiled. I will admit it. It's I'm sure for other people, it's a little bit more difficult, but food's always been yeah, easy. Yeah, but it's still, that's an above and beyond. So we hosted a recent um, networking event for Wedding Venue Map. And one of the caterers came up at the end of the night with a, he had just brought small like styrofoam disposable to-go boxes. And he hands me a to-go box of food. And he said, you know, I was hosting the event. So he noticed I didn't, I ate one tiny plate and that was the extent of it. And he's like, you've been here for like eight hours. Here's, he take this home, enjoy it. I mean, he's probably going to chuck it at the end of the night, but at the end of the day, that was such a extra gesture of if you are a food vendor, it does still take the extra effort to say, hey, do you want something? Or if you're just going to throw it away, it costs nothing to keep a stack of styrofoam to go boxes when you go to something like this and pack it up for the venue, the planners, the vendors, and maybe some of those people that you don't get to interact with. But let's talk if you're not food. Because right, food, that's why I say I'm spoiled. Food bitches be spoiled because it's easy to well, feed them once you once you set up your because typically the venues want you to set up an hour before guests get there they want you to be finished that let me specify yeah they want you to be finished an hour before not show up an hour before to those of you who are always late um (laughs) they want you to be done an hour before so you have that hour to be able to walk around and meet the other vendors check out their different displays i mean you could see another person in your category that you could become friends with. You could you could network with them. Maybe they're booked for the month of November, just as an example. And they're like, hey, like we're booked completely in November. If we get anybody tonight that is looking for a November date, can I send them your way? I mean, it happens all the time. Absolutely. So walk around, see how people are setting up, greet people, ask them if they need help. If you're done early and you see someone on the struggle bus, offer a hand. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't tell you how many times we've done that. And it's it's so yeah. appreciative, but everybody has those days that it's just like one thing after the other. Yeah, you hit and every you red be, light. Yeah, you hit every there. red light. Right. The, the van broke down on the way there. You know, you couldn't find your business cards because they were in a different a different purse. Like it's right. whatever it is. Yeah. Just lend a hand. You would be amazed how far that goes. They will always remember that. You just earned a new friend, but it also started another conversation. It, it it's I know that we're all in the same categories and we're all working towards the same clients, but we really are just one big team. And if one person wins, we all win. So just lend a hand. Well, and you can network in other ways, right? So let's say you're a florist. If you don't want the flowers at the end of it, send it home with people who want. Be careful shoving flowers into people's hands because I have cats. If you haven't noticed and you've never seen videos of this podcast, my cats run across the desk and she embarrasses me on the regular on the video. Audio you don't hear very often, but on the video, she makes an appearance. But I don't like flowers in my house because the cats just eat them and puke. So like some of them they're allergic to. Right. Or if you're a photographer, even if you're not the sponsoring photographer, I still think you should bring your camera. I think having that and saying, hey, do you want me to take a quick picture of you in the booth? Um, You know, you can build those relationships in other ways. Like I Mm -hmm. would love, we all need social media content. So if you can give me any kind of content on the other side of it, depending upon what your category is, but think about how you can help someone else 
if you have a cart, let them borrow it if you see them loading things in. But think about mm-hmm. that networking standpoint from a fact of being really helpful. The other thing, just because that jogged my memory, the other yeah. thing that I do is I video walking around the room before the event opens and I will tag each vendor that's in the video to show, to showcase, you know, who's here tonight. And then also it's tagging them. So it's giving them a little bit more of an audience because maybe yep. they don't have the same followers that I do, but it's also doing like a marketing for both ends because it'll now show up on theirs. They will share it because it's content for them. So then now you are on somebody else's page that you wouldn't normally be on. So just as like another bonus for you. Absolutely. That's always whatever you can do social media wise throughout an event to highlight everyone else and yourself and showcase you were there so that maybe they follow you, then they go on and remember and see it Mm -hmm. and you make content from it is always helpful. Okay, I'm going to do one more venue tip before we get into wrapping it up with the swag. And as a venue, I really appreciated when people asked me for feedback. Number one, when they said thank you, because we busted our ass to put this event on and invite all the people and get them there and coordinate it and organize it and whatever. So saying thank you so much, it was so great. Even if you didn't get a ton from it, don't call me bitching because you participated or ever say things like it's not worth my time. No joke. All the time people would be like, oh, if, if you're only going to get like 15 rides there, it wasn't worth my time to be there. I'm like, cool, go fuck yourself. And you don't need to be on my list. So make it your goal to get those 15 people. Yeah. Dumbass. Dumbass. <laughs> but I do think one of the big like venue fails is as venues, we have an experience with each person at every event, be it a wedding, a networking event, um, hosted event like this. And there could have been good, bad, ugly. There could be ugly that you don't even know was ugly. You could have said something as I was walking by to someone that I'm like, oh God, that's not allowed here. And of course, I'm not going to stop you in the middle of a conversation. So my like secret venue tip for this is to follow up after the fact with the venues saying, thank you so much for including me. If you've got any other ones on the calendar looking forward, even if it's six months from now, or you're just maybe thinking of dates, let me know. I'd love to drop it on my calendar. That way you're like planting that seed. Like I want in the next time but ask them honestly it do they have any feedback for you whether it's the booth the conversations that were being had anything that you could have done better this is tenfold if you manage a team because i think sometimes owners have no idea what the fuck their staff does when they show up on site and they're yeah, usually they're not there, they're not mm-hmm. there and sometimes i'll be like oh my i'll be like um did you know she wore like leggings and like ripped shorts cut off shorts to set up and they're like what do you mean I'm like it didn't look good it was like a high-end venue like it wasn't looking great and they were shocked and couldn't believe it and apologized now I could have removed them off the list or never worked with them again because of that but because they took the time to ask me for the feedback so that's my like Standing on, you know, on the hill as always, dying on the cross of ask the venue for how you can do it better in the future or if there's anything else they need from you. Mm -hmm. That's how you keep those relationships going. That's how you get better. That's how you get better. Okay, we like to end each episode giving you some swag. Three action items to add to your to-do list. Here's your homework. Three things. 
Okay, homework number one. Vanessa hit on it already. Pre-tour the venue. Ask all the questions, rules, regulations. Hand them your COI with them listed as an additionally insured if they don't have it on file. Like do all the things so that you walk into that venue open house with all the knowledge you need to help the venue look the best that they can that day. Hmm. Number two, think of how to set up your table specifically to fit that venue. Think real life wedding. Yes. Not just like my regular booth. Not just corporate six foot table with a tablecloth. <laughs> yes. And number three, become a resource when you're at events like this. Take a look in advance who the other vendors are, whether you gain that knowledge beforehand, whether it's when you're there during that setup time and invite your clients to come and help the venue to find other vendors, attendees, just overall be a great resource for everyone that comes to this event. You're not just showing up with your booth and then you're done. You need to like get involved and be part of the planning and the process. If you feel like this podcast helped your business, got you thinking, or it made you laugh, follow, subscribe, and share it with a friend. Stay tuned for our upcoming episodes where we are still talking all about wedding shows and showcases. Next up, how to create a killer booth setup. And then we are interviewing one of the biggest showcase producers in the country. Oh my God. So bridal extravaganza. Extravaganza. We've decided that's how we're just going to keep saying it. Extravaganza. Every, every time. Stay tuned to hearing that way more in that episode. All right, guys, go make epic shit happen. See you soon.